1: snoop snorkeling for snickerdoodles and snarge welcome to good job brain your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast this is episode 131 mm-hmm. and of course i'm your humble host karen and we are your sparkly sparky sparring spartans i'm colin i'm dana and i'm chris cerebral spartans Cerebrals. Oh, no. No, no, it's you thoughts can not yeah. add stuff now you can not add stuff
2: now
0: oh so last week uh, Chris, you did a quiz about um state official uh, state, a facial state, state, state things. things state things. things. <laughs> yeah. and then, this week I saw a New York got an official state snack.
2: Oh. Which is like getting... official
0: official? Yeah, they the governor signed it into uh. a bill of some or whatever. Signed it into law. <laughs> whatever. It's <is> bill. <laughs> it is something, bill. Something. Whatever, et cetera, et
3: cetera. However they however it is so, that they do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The New York blood sacrifice
0: yeah. <laughs> 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 it's delicious. The official I believe state he has to eat hundred
4: is... pounds of whatever the snack is what to make it to, oh. to make it official.
1: It's yogurt. Yogurt, weird. The new state
4: snack. I
1: don't. No. I don't think New York. Yeah. The, I think
0: most yo- yogurt in America is made in New York, though. Hmm. Ooh, let's look this up. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Is that where uh, Chobani is? Oh, mm-hmm. you're
1: right. New York State produced 741 million pounds of yogurt last year. Yeah. And the two leading brands of thick Greek style yogurt, Chobani and Fage have large production plants in New York.
2: Well, there you go. So there's a okay. reason for it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. there is.
1: Yeah. Not just because people like it. I, I, I thought it yeah. would be like pretzels or pizza. Yeah, but
2: there's right. no money in pretzels. Or peanuts. <laughs>
1: there's, no, there's no pretzel yeah. plants. And they don't
3: eat a lot of pizza in New York anyway.
1: <laughs> and I have a addendum, Chris, also to your official state what's-its quiz. Okay, all right. Uh, Jess wrote in. She said that one of the questions mentioned was North Carolina. Yeah official carnivorous a plant. Official carnivorous right. plant. Right. Venus flytrap. Yeah. And we were like, oh, that seems so random. Uh-huh. The Venus flytrap is native only to the Carolinas. Get out. Uh-huh. Yes.
4: Uh-huh.
1: Because of the climate and the weather. Sure. Yeah, not because not there's that, like a... That's that where they're perfect, That yeah.
3: perfect mix of <laughs> yeah. not too hot, not yeah. too, too cold. Insects, lots of bugs. insects lots of are just
4: tasty yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. Just right barbecue. barbecue. Well,
3: they season, in the Carolinas, they season yeah. their insects with vinegar rather than right sweet barbecue. Right, right. So yeah. like
1: not a it. rub right. yeah, I prefer
3: yeah. a dry rub fly myself <laughs> right, right.
1: Yeah. Uh, North Carolina has been having problems with Venus flytrap poaching over the past few years and the state recently made digging up the plant a felony huh. because oh. someone decided to dig up most of the park's Venus flytrap plants over a single weekend huh. in oh. 2013 stealing over a thousand plants Wow. So that's a lot of plants that's, that's a lot that that that's, seems painful. Yeah. I don't know. I don't
4: know. How that's it either that no, or not, they're not Audrey 2 no. from <laughs> Yeah, right. They're staging a revival. <laughs> yeah, they don't take your
3: finger off. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah.
1: Well, they wouldn't be able to take a thousand.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Huh.
4: So
1: there you go. Well, there is an explanation.
4: All right, North huh. Carolina, your 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 export to the world.
1: I, I yeah. love it. All right. Without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment: pop quiz, hot shot. Here, I have a random Trivial Pursuit card, and I'm going to make up a question for this one. Is
2: there a picture on it? Yeah. Mm. Mm.
1: All right. Blue Wedge for Geography, but this is the sub in question, so it has nothing to do with Geography. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. The name of this album featured songs such as You Give Love a Bad Name, Living on a Prayer, and Wanted Dead or Alive. (laughs) Uh Chris, is this... or was it Colin? I, I,
4: we think we both have Okay, it. Was, everybody, together. Was that uh, slippery, slippery When Wet? wet?
1: Correct. Bon um, Jovi. Oh my, I can see yeah. the card, oh.
3: and it's got a... The picture is the Slippery When Wet road sign. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so the question yeah. was,
3: what is this? Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, the answer is Slippery When Wet for both questions. The Slippery
3: the When Wet road sign really looks like, That's you know, like... Snakes.
1: Yeah. Snakes maybe
3: following Snakes your car. Snakes following Just your car. Yeah. Snakes right. on
1: a car.
4: Yeah.
3: Yep.
1: <laughs> Pink wedge for pop culture. Who, according to legend, was advised to stick to truck driving because he'd never make it as a singer? Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, uh, Chris, Johnny Cash.
1: Incorrect. That's oh. my first guess too.
4: No, it was uh,
1: Elvis Dana. Presley. Correct. Yeah. Oh yeah. game is right. Elvis Presley. Yellow wedge. Who was the only U.S. president never to marry?
4: oh Multiple yeah oh, okay. Oh, okay okay sure
1: james buchanan thomas jefferson or richard nixon oh oh,
4: oh hey oh, oh hey, hey now. Uh, that's buchanan yeah 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 and there's and,
3: and jefferson definitely got married you can't cheat on your wife if, if, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have one in the first place
1: oh. <laughs> oh.
2: snip snap as, <laughs> as the whole saying goes Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Too we'll soon put them on show. oh man <laughs> uh all right purple wedge What 2001 book noted that McDonald's was the biggest U.S. buyer of beef, pork, and potatoes? Everybody. Fast Fast Food food Nation. nation. Correct. Fast Food Nation. It is indeed. Right there
4: behind us. Yeah.
1: In the Good Job Brain Library. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Potatoes? Yeah. Just for hash browns? Oh,
3: fries. fries.
1: (laughs) (laughs) French fries.
4: Oh, McDonald's. McDonald's. (laughs) Oh, McDonald's. Hey, man.
1: Yeah. I just ran a half marathon this morning. <laughs> all right, all right. Cut me some slack. Oh, shout out to Christine, who I met. Uh, Nike, Nike Women's Half Marathon. Aw. I hope you had a good race. All right. Anyways, uh, back to the card. Let's see. Green Wedge for science. Uh, okay. <laughs> Why do male mice sing?
3: <laughs> Why, do mail like yeah. Why do male... It's like a riddle. Why do male Yeah, it does
4: sound like a sing. bad Laffy Taffy I- joke.
1: Well, you buzzed in, right? Yeah. I mean, Colin.
4: A mating ritual?
1: I
3: don't know. Yeah. Yeah, to attract a, <laughs> yeah. It's always female about, mice.
1: To yeah. attract, fe- it says literally yeah. to attract female huh. mice. Wow. Okay. Huh. A little and note here says male mice <laughs> produce <laughs> elaborate ultrasonic vocalization during hmm. courting. Oh. Mm-hmm.
3: And they only sing three blind mice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, last question Orange Wedge. What organization was plagued by the curse of the bambino?
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that that was the Boston Red Sox, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. baseball, professional baseball club. It but, was it it was said in the many years until they won a World Series. It does say on the card. Uh, the an card, the
1: note says the quote, curse, was reversed in 2004 when the team won its first World Series in 86 years. Got it. Yeah. Got it.
4: The, the curse alludes to the fact that they had Babe Ruth on their team, the Bambino, and traded him away to oh. the Yankees, where he went on to have some some small degree of success.
0: Yeah. Wasn't that movie Fever Pitch right around that year? Oh. It was that year. That was the year they won. Right. They had to they change were
3: filming, it. No, they, I mean, they, yeah, they were filming yeah. the movie Fever Pitch, and then it was getting closer and closer, seeming like they were going to win, and so they sort of held off on like finalizing the ending to the movie oh, just, yeah. but yeah. then they filmed the ending to the movie live live yeah when they actually won and Whoa! you can you can still
4: see them like j- jumping around on the field like in footage of that game oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's
3: not like cg it's like <laughs> no, actual no, no, no. No, it yeah really them really there interesting yeah mm-hmm. right that is that an interesting is interesting bit of trivia yeah. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah yeah all right good job brains <laughs> and so this week we're, we're going the nerd route a little. Okay. Well, traditional
3: nerds. Yeah. Traditional
2: nerds. Yeah. I was like, uh, as OG. opposed to our use, like, yeah, no
3: yeah. this is yeah, the OG. This
0: show I, think, is I think we're always on the, on nerd, the nerd route. route. Well, yeah. Yeah.
3: yes.
4: If the first 130 episodes like didn't, didn't seem true. nerdy to you, then yeah.
1: hold on Get to right, you. Guys. Yeah. yeah,
4: we're about to step it up.
1: I mean, in what, 130 some episodes, a lot of, uh, some of our segments and, and past quizzes have dealt with book titles, authors, biography. Mm-hmm. Chris, you, you're, a fan of the what line right is this right, from yeah. and so today we decided to dedicate a whole episode on books the library is open i can be anything take a look it's in a book a reading
2: rainbow a reading rain-
4: I have assembled a grab bag quiz. That was
2: a little JFK-ish. I have...
4: uh, Um, uh, Established... uh... uh, I've created for you guys a grab bag trivia quiz of book facts, book... Notes, book references, literary fun. Uh, literary
1: fun. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't it
4: just doesn't it just sound like it oozes fun?
1: Yeah. Sure. All
4: right. Yes. No. Are no pun, No, punny, no yeah. punny name for this one, unfortunately. All right. Oh. Okay. All right. Yes. If, uh, yes. Like me, you guys have read many, 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 many books, and as you know, sometimes you're reading a book. There's a lot of stuff you got to get through before you get to the meat of the book. You know, like to really get underway. So. Whoa. I Is want that you the guys... technical term? Yeah. Meat? meat of the book. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I want you have to put these elements of a book in the oh. proper order for me. All right. So you tell me, in if a book had all of these, what order would you find them? Oh, mm-hmm. the prologue, okay. The preface, uh huh. The introduction, <laughs> oh. and the foreword Okay.
1: All right.
4: So put they them in, put them in order before
1: the book. The, yes. These sure. are all things yeah.
4: before you really get underway. So and
1: prologue, preface. Introduction, for, introduction, intro,
4: four forward. Words. And there is yes. an order? There is yeah. a, a, wow. a generally accepted order for these in a book. Okay. One will come before another, one will come before another. If yes. you have them, they're not all the same thing, they're not interchangeable. All right. Chris.
3: Preface, forward, introduction, prologue. Incorrect. Ooh. You got a couple in the right okay, slots. Yeah. Okay. You got a couple in the right slots. Yeah.
1: Forward, am I wrong already?
3: You're correct so far. Yeah, oh, okay.
1: that's
2: right. what okay, I thought. Okay, we'll
3: do yeah. This. Yeah, this Correct like so mastermind. far. There you go. Yeah. Because, yeah. The, yeah. because the foreword, importantly, is written someone. by someone else. Yeah. 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 And right. so it's
0: like they take the whole package, and then they're like, this is a book about blah, blah, right. blah. Yeah.
3: Right, And you'll right. see right. in okay. the introduction, okay.
1: blah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. uh-huh, Okay,
3: so nothing comes before the yeah. foreword.
1: I think preface, intro, yep. prologue. Uh, what, 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 is what
3: that it? Yes, that's it.
4: All right. I Foreword, preface. Introduction, introduction prologue, prologue.
2: prologue so right the introduction
3: yeah. is by the author so let's, let's, let's run work. right let's run through oh, them very oh, okay, very quickly sure, yeah, sure, you, sure. You, yeah you
4: guys are absolutely right yeah the the foreword most importantly is not written by the author of the book yeah. the foreword is it's generally like someone who has name recognition yeah it is it's like yeah. an endorsement or kind of it's like
1: about the book not really about the story it or can be very it general
4: is, yeah. it can be very general it's more just like I'm this famous person you may have heard of, mm-hmm. I recommend this, this may be a friend of mine, I yeah. liked it, I think you'll like it too. The, the preface is kind of, hmm. how did this book come to be? Like, like uh, what, what was, you know, maybe what was the inspiration? You know, what was the process? You know, I first was intrigued by this, you know, stumbling through the, you know, whatever, yeah, yeah. The, the little sort of the personal story. If you have acknowledgments, they would go in there as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sometimes they'll have acknowledgments in a separate section. This would come right after the preface if you did. Wow. Yes, it's a very (laughs) strict order here. Uh, And then the introduction, also by the author, is kind of like, here's what I'm going to be talking about here's maybe a few of the questions I'm going to answer kind of like just sort of you know telling you what's a what's, uh, what's Bush, yeah, sure. yeah a setting the stage a little teaser of what's to come
1: and prologue is like the
0: story, yeah. part of that's the story. right that's you're right you're not supposed to skip it I know people who do skip the oh, prologue really because sometimes it's very self-indulgent <laughs> like you
1: don't learn anything <laughs> man that's, that's a lot of stuff before yeah. like the actual first page well, of the not story well not
3: every book no. yeah that's all true of those
4: things. that's yeah. true and I am leaving many p- other potential elements out you're like I'm 50 pages in with these little Roman numeral good. pages. When yes. is the story going to start? Skim, skim. Yeah. Like, yeah. The Pulitzer Prize for Fiction honors mm-hmm. excellence in fiction by American authors. Oh. Yes. Ideally, they say for stories that deal with the American experience, however you choose to I did that. not know that. I yeah.
1: thought it was just a good piece of fiction.
4: The only requirement is American, American author. author. American author. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, you know, they sort of have their rough guidelines. Uh, so tell me, this. Ernest Hemingway novel is the shortest book to win the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction. Uh. (laughs) Karen. Old Man and Sea? It is. Old Man and the Sea. Yeah, yeah. With anywhere from 120 to 140 pages, depending on the edition. Yeah, it's it's a relatively slim novel. Yeah, the shortest to ever win the Pulitzer for Fiction. We'll go the opposite direction here. We'll go the opposite direction here. Published in multiple volumes. From nineteen thirteen to nineteen twenty seven, this mm-hmm. landmark work by a French author lays claim to the Guinness World Record for longest novel.
0: Oh this comes up a lot.
4: This does come but, up a lot.
0: I've, I've And I will liking. accept
4: one of three possible names, even. Yeah. <laughs> Karen.
1: Is this Prouss?
3: Yes. Oh! Oh, oh, recherche du temps perdu. Absolutely um. is. Yes, yes.
4: And thank you. A bonus points for the French
3: hey, there, Chris. Yeah, yeah.
4: Absolutely, right. A la recherche du temps perdu. Remembrance of things past uh, or in search of lost time is how it's translated in English usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Seven-
3: a la recherche. I, I mistakenly masculinized it. Whoops, my bad.
4: Well, we're going to have some literary nerds listening to this show. <laughs> Yeah, seven volumes, uh, over 3,000 pages, 1.2 million words. This is interesting. Uh, Guinness, for their record, they go by the character count. That's how they quantify this as the longest novel. Okay. okay. With a, so
1: not words.
4: Over 9.6 yeah. million characters. That's,
1: yeah. I like that because that's more technical. I kind of like it too. Yeah. Because yeah. you can have a super long word.
4: Or a super short and word. And, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And they count uh, spaces as characters as well. Like a lot of things that are in Guinness, of course, there is even a little bit of dispute about this. There is an even older French sort of multi-part novel that some people, by their count, they counted as the longest novel. Guinness doesn't, they they don't, they don't go by that. I think, I think their reasoning is that this was more like a serialized novel originally. Mm -hmm. That's what Guinness goes by. We've gotten this one in trivia uh, several times before, so uh, we'll see how how well you guys remember this one. If you list the books of the King James Version of the Bible in order, Uh so beginning with Genesis, then Exodus, and so on, what is the first book named (laughs) after a woman? Uh Karen.
1: Ruth. It is Ruth. Yes. What was the other one that we were thinking? Esther. Esther.
4: Esther, Esther comes yeah, uh, several books more. later. Right. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're like Ruth or Esther. Yeah. I think yeah. we had it down to yeah. 50-50. We right.
1: got it, though. Are are those the only two books named after women? Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
4: And if you want the order, it is, yes. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. And then, there, of course, there's famously an album titled Joshua, Judges,
3: Ruth. Oh, yeah? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Good way to remember it. Hmm. In bookbinding, remember what—the Bible or the album?
4: You know, whichever one, whichever one you happen to have handy. If you've got the Bible handy, you need to remember the album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hang on, hang on, that's yeah. the beauty of it; it goes both it's, ways. You know, it's yeah. three consecutive ones. <laughs> yeah. In bookbinding, bookmaking terminology, what is a signature? What is a hmm. signature? Uh... If you were making a. <laughs> Chris.
3: Um, a signature is you have the book and then you have all the little mini books inside that make up the book that are all bound together. A signature is one of those. Absolutely right. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. All right. All right. Yes. yes. It's the, the little mini booklet, usually yes. sewn if you, together. If you crack open your hardcover book you see like it's actually a whole bunch of little you know, little volumny booklets. booklets. Yep, yeah. yep, little, little
4: mini booklets. Mm-hmm. Typically you want to go a real deep nerd here you want typically how many Ooh. pages are in, in a signature? A hundred. Uh it re- going way back, way back, the typical is sixteen. Sixteen pages. Okay. Yeah. You they can have okay. you can have many different numbers. Alright, last one. In twenty thirteen, in San Antonio, Texas, the new Bexar County Library opened to much fanfare. What was unique about this library? Chris. Didn't have any books. <laughs> it is the first yeah. all digital public library.
3: Is it's
1: just like E-book. A terabyte Computer. drive? No, so,
3: I mean, <laughs> you can go in and you can, like, borrow e-books on your device, and it oh. signs them out to you, and then, you know, you sign them back to the library, that kind of thing. Huh. Yeah. yeah, that's
4: right. right. Yeah, right. that's right. The Bexar County Digital Library, they also, they're quite proud of us, known as the Bibliotech
3: get it? like t e c out of here with you. Yeah.
4: yeah. yeah. Okay. Get out. Get library. out of here with your capital t in the middle of the word. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh yeah, opened last year, no printed books whatsoever and they they are committed. This is their mission. Uh they've got over 10,000 ebooks. Uh, they've got yeah hundreds of e-readers there, dozens of computers oh, and laptops. Okay. So if you don't have your own digital device, you
1: can basically borrow that's a device. Right. Yep, you with can the borrow a device on.
4: and read it there. You can borrow it on your own personal device if you have. Yep, you can check yeah. them out for two <gasps> weeks at a time you can do that
0: with the san francisco library local and berkeley too
1: oh.
4: yeah mm. and then mm-hmm. they just magically yeah, the new york public
3: library famously is adding a lot more of those too. bibliotech
4: yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah there are other libraries
4: that have experimented with like digital branches uh but none of them have been able to sustain and you know say because yes we're gonna stay all digital yeah there was one branch of the library in arizona that tried it and they eventually had to start adding printed material just mm. their their patrons demanded it it just was what they needed but uh <laughs> no this this uh library in bexar county they have a budget. They're Going to add ten thousand ebooks every year uh, and stay all digital. That's and what they're committed save to. Saves so much hmm. space, yeah,
1: in storage. Oh, yeah. it, looks and re- upkeep.
4: Yeah. it looks really cool and very futuristic. Of course, as you might imagine.
1: What? Well, why there? Do you know? Like, is it just a, a county decision? It
4: was. Or? It was by the county. Yeah. How yeah. progressive? Yep. yep. All right. Well done. So
3: you guys know I'm a collector, mostly of video games. Uh, yes. I own. I own a, I, I own a lot of books that sort of orbit around
2: that, <laughs> <Video games>. that
3: <laughs> collection and other books as well. So of course I put I put together a quiz for you guys about cold hard cash, the most valuable oh, okay. books oh, cool. in the world.
1: Okay. That's awesome.
3: Well, let's see. Let's see how you guys let's see how you guys do. Mm-hmm. So one of the most valuable books in the world is called the Bay Psalm Book. Book of Psalms from the from the Bible, right? It was originally printed in 1640. There are only five complete copies still in existence. Uh, one of them in 2013 sold for 14.2 million dollars. Why is the Bay Psalm Book so valuable? Slash. Other than the fact that's old? There is a, yeah, there's a rude. reason why this particular book is in high demand. Okay. okay. Karen. Was
1: it signed by a particular
3: famous no, person? No, any oh, copy you had me. of this book oh. would be very valuable. Karen. It's
1: bound in human skin.
3: It is okay. not bound in human skin. I'm glad that's where your mind immediately went. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it is not bound in human skin. And whatever Bay, it is Bay B A Y Psalm P S A L M. L M. The Bay Psalm book, yes, it applies to all of them. It's just the the mm. very existence of this book it was originally printed in the year 1640 1640, 1640.
4: Oh, okay so America, something also? i'm guess something with like yeah the pilgrims sure. maybe something around
3: there oh yeah yeah like like maybe the, the yeah, Just maybe the first one printed somebody. in America. Or is that la- your final answer? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. It is, the, it oh, is yeah. in fact, the first book ever printed in America. Ah. 1640 is apparently only 20 years after the, the pilgrims <laughs> landed on Plymouth Rock. It was, it was fast. So, yes, it is the first book ever printed in what would eventually become, become. Right, right. the United States of America. Yes, indeed. The Bay Song. Oh, that's cool. Um, bound another, in here's human skin. something else.
2: That's <laughs> in that, and
3: it's bound in human skin. <laughs> um, another thing that has to do with America, copies of a book called The Birds of America have yeah! sold for uh-huh. $7 million, $8 million, and $11 million, approximately. Uh, who is its author? Dana. Audubon. Audubon. Yeah. John yeah. James John Audubon. Audubon. The Audubon bird study. Baron. Watching. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, exactly. Okay. He, was, like, yeah. he was Mr. Bird.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Birdman. <laughs> but his last name was Audubon. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> of... The various books, editions of books that have sold for over $3 million. There are not many. There are not many books that have sold for $3 million. Of this small group, only one of these books... Was written in the twenty first century. Oh wow! What is the book? And it's uh, just one in, particular. It is book. one part, it, is a, it is a certain copy of a certain book in the twenty in the twenty. F- no, no, no. Oh. The twenty first century. Twenty first century. Twenty first century. At the time, there were only minutes. seven copies of this book. This was the only one that was being made available. Oh, outside okay. of, an, of the author's small circle of okay. friends. There were, Harry Potter yeah. was a good guess. Yeah, I like that. Like but notebook. You know, like. Mm-hmm. I give up. It is Harry Potter related.
2: Yeah, that's right. Oh. Uh, it is
3: the book Tales of Beetle the Bard, uh, okay. written uh, by J.K. Rowling after the final Harry Potter book came out. Um she made seven handwritten copies and one was sold at auction uh, for well over $3 million. Handwritten. handwritten? handwritten. Yeah, well it's a short book. It's a tale the children's tales from the Harry Potter world. Mm. Um and Amazon, Amazon bought it for huh. uh, over $3 million.
1: Just to keep.
3: Yeah. Just have it not to sell. They to have it to talk about it. Oh yeah, well, remember nobody had read this book either, so they actually they made a whole big deal out about oh. they they wrote a summary, they wrote a review of the book <laughs> so that people can understand what was actually in it. But then eventually it was it was published and you know oh, more broadly disseminated. But hmm. yeah. In 1987, the Japanese bookseller, the the very old, established Japanese bookselling company, Maruzen, paid over $5 million. This is in 1987 Mm. for a copy of this book, which was printed in 1455. Dana. The Art of War? It's not The Art of War. Mm. 1450. Karen. Tales of Genji? Not Tales of Genji. Get out of... Get yourselves out of Asia. 14 55 they paid. And this was... This was... Uh, at that point, it was more than double the previous record for a printed book. This is 87. This is like... Primo time for Japan's economy. They had tons Which of extra cash. Too. This book represented a major technological leap. If you oh, was it Gutenberg's Bible? It was. well. It was yeah. It was a Gutenberg, a Gutenberg Bible. 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 Yes. Yeah. It was mm. Steve. Yes. Steve Gutenberg's Bible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, right after Three Men and
3: <laughs> a yeah, yeah, yeah. He was big. He was eighty-seven. You
2: yeah. yeah. have yeah, police
1: academy.
3: Yeah. It was one of Johann Gutenberg's original Bibles. One of the first things printed with movable type. Wow. In the year 2010, I wouldn't call this a book, but a two page written document uh, written by a man named James Naismith sold for over four million dollars <laughs> what so was familiar? what was it? Colin uh that would have been the rules for basketball the rules oh. of basketball Oh, of course the original it. rules of basketball that's right well like you probably creator. you probably heard the name James Naismith yeah, at yeah, yeah. some point but yeah it's in the what is it it's in the punch bowl right yep yep, yep finally the most expensive work I believe of narrative fiction ever sold. Most expensive work of narrative fiction, fiction ever okay. sold. So not the Bay Psalm book, which is both Psalms from the Bible. Most expensive work of narrative fiction ever sold. It had a plot that revolved around a convoluted dinner bet. What is the book? Convoluted Dinner, dinner, bet. dinner bet. Everybody was betting a dinner on something. That sounds familiar. Doesn't it? it does. Doesn't it? It really does. Doesn't it? Dinner mm. bet. The dinner bet. Agatha
1: Christie? It
3: was about... People telling stories, and whoever told the best story, everybody was going to buy them dinner.
1: Oh, Frankenstein? Mm. No.
4: Yes, oh. right? Wasn't that? Oh, no, sure? that was the real life circumstances. That was... oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. that's right. Oh, wait, no, that was life, not art. <laughs> this <laughs> is
3: a uh, summation of the plot of the Canterbury Tales. Oh,
4: okay. okay As everyone was going okay, to right. Canterbury, yeah, they all right.
3: made a bet that right. says whoever can tell their tale the best, uh, that's right. everybody I else will didn't know that buy them the dinner premise. later. That, yeah. Is. Yeah. 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 that yeah. was the premise. So, so I just remember
1: a bunch of people on a journey.
3: Right, right, right. Now That was all a dinner bet. Sold for 7.5 million dollars in 1998 as wow. i said it was the last first edition of the canterbury Tales still remaining oh. still remaining in private hands oh god okay. everything else at that point was in a museum cool Some pricey
0: oh. books i too have a book quiz for you guys
1: oh we're quizzing
3: it booking it did you guys do uh did you have the 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 book it uh, thing when you were in like middle school maybe it must, it might, maybe this was just east coast but I think I think some people like scholastic book orders books. yeah no it was like book it and it was like you had to like read as many books oh, as you could and like they had party. a big chart oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 we yeah. Can get a star we can get a star for every book we did, book you did read. Yeah. I chose like really
1: easy books well, I I, that's, that they, was, they make you yeah. game the system that's like, that's yeah. the it is
3: it's It's like encouraging you to game the system because it's not it's not how many pages you read it's how many books I wouldn't even
0: enjoy it like
4: they kind of ruined yeah. My, my strategy was i would find books that were like like three or four volume sets or something like that you know right because they would i could, they would usually be a little bit thinner yes yeah, so. i read uh, i would be
1: like remember those horror stories like tales of terror or whatever with a really creepy watercolor uh-huh. drawing. Uh-huh. it's a book it's a book yeah, i was like it's a book yep but did you guys have scholastic book order yes. Yeah, like yeah. i yeah. had oh, a yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah we did i always get the non-books i really like, look <laughs> <kids laughs> yeah. forward right, to that right, day right. it was oh, great that day is great
0: So, uh a few episodes ago, I did a segment called Ya Burnt Classic <laughs> Literature. Yeah, on Amazon! Yeah, so I took one-star reviews from Amazon, and they kind of included a, a summary of the story. and You guys had to guess what the story was. And so this is your Burnt Part <laughs> 2, but with children's literature oh. and instead of amazon i found goodreads has amazing reviews they're just fascinating to read like if you're bored Goodread- <laughs> look at the goodreads reviews really, so are yeah. they right. yeah is this
1: children rever- reviewing the books or oh. their parents
0: oh no the best ones are the parents sometimes kids do it but the the really like sarcastic cut to the bone oh <laughs> like, like come from Parents who are super bored with the book, uh, <laughs> but had to keep reading it. These are classics. You guys, oh, you guys wow. know what these are. So let's let's get this started. I'll read you part of a review, a one-star review from Goodreads, and you guys buzz in uh, and tell me what story okay. they're describing. Right. And these all right.
4: are all negative reviews. These are one-star.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I did not enjoy this story so much. I'm going to write a review about it. Kind of reviews. All right. A disturbed young man in a devilish costume chases a dog with a sharp object, then threatens to cannibalize his mother when she objects. No, it's not an episode of True Blood. This is actually the opening scene of an inexplicably beloved children's book.
3: Oh. This, this sounds like Where the Wild Things Are. Where the
0: Wild Things Are. <laughs> Maurice Sendak. I mean, this person hated it. Hated it. It goes on and on. That's just a sampling
4: of their vitriol.
0: Not to be mean to anyone, but why does everyone like this book? Not that I don't like animals, but why does everyone love this book so much? I could write a book about a cat saving a monkey. Would you automatically buy it? My point is, what's so good about a spider saving a pig? Uh,
2: <laughs> the movie is not one bit better. In
0: fact, it has to be one of the worst books I've ever read. No! <laughs> Chris.
4: Well, of course. Charlotte's, Charlotte's Web. Web. Charlotte's Web.
0: But you, there are a lot where it's like, I don't get it. This pig, the pig was stupid, the spider was smart. It's like, yeah, that's the that's how
2: this <laughs> is. it was like a <laughs> generous is a, it's a do generous get it.
0: spider. You got it. Anyway, okay. How about this one? Mice are still pests. This one in particular wants to be waited on hand and foot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Stuart Little? No. If you give a mouse a cookie.
0: Yeah. Because it's like, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's like, probably gonna want he want some, some milk, milk. and then blah, give blah, blah, him <laughs>
3: milk, He's probably going to want some chocolate for the milk. <laughs> oh, and I don't chocolate. know that one.
0: There's another one for this one. It's, I just don't get it. It's a stupid mouse. Tell him no. He doesn't have to get everything he wants.
4: <laughs> <laughs> When's someone going to stand up to this mouse?
0: Right. <laughs> In a word, trite. I know that sounds snobby but come on Anne is the epitome of a Mary Sue character Oh, poor thing she's too skinny and her red hair is too unique and she's just so quirky isn't she just the perfect little flawed heroine actually no she's obnoxious even as a child I couldn't buy into this garbage
4: little redhead Anne of
1: green gables? green gables yes oh yeah. of green gables i thought she was, was a little bit annoying too <laughs> yeah.
4: like you need to be able to separate your feelings about the character from your feelings yeah. about the book
1: yeah it it classic personal. mary yeah. sue yeah 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 whoa
4: there's i mean many of
0: these reference mary sues mary sues if you guys don't know are um are in certain literature when you think that the author is like projecting themselves into the story or they're setting up yep. like a perfect life for this perfect character right that well, you like, see yeah, yourself it's, in It's self-insert
3: well. fan fiction when they're too self-conscious to put themselves in. So they're like, instead of like, you know, Chris goes to Hogwarts and solves everybody's problems. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a new student at Hogwarts. His Who? name is...
1: Christian. Chris.
3: <laughs> and yeah. he is very He's popular, popular. Yeah. and yeah. Is so everybody handsome. Loves everybody it. loves <laughs> it. It's your own wish fulfillment. Yeah. 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 so
1: good that he got sorted in all of the houses. <laughs> yeah. But he picks, yeah.
3: And then he got sued by J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now he lives in a box. The end. That's a sad Mary Sue fan
2: fiction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Miniature people living in a big old house and making friends with the boy who lives there sounds like a fun adventure. Sadly, this story bored me and I was skeptical about a lot of the size proportions and resources. Is
2: very wow. skeptical. Wow.
4: <laughs> Colin in the,
1: the Indian the
4: Col- oh. oh oh sorry oh, I, I thought it was
3: The Littles but no. maybe The Borrowers The Borrowers oh.
2: yes oh. oh. Arietti
3: all over your, yeah well yeah now Arietti, the Borrower Arietti, yeah. yeah. oh, okay. the Borrower the okay. Studio Ghibli yeah. yeah
1: I like that I've I read got,
3: that book back in the day though that I was skeptical I about I Become skeptical <laughs> about the size
1: <laughs> well yeah because at that size the best way is to actually have an exoskeleton <laughs> right and exactly. not have like you can't just shrink a person to just mm-hmm. be an insect yeah yeah yeah. Exactly, because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a surface to volume ratio. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm gonna go write my own one star yeah. review. You're right. <laughs> <That's> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> lady, yeah. you're right. <laughs> I would
4: like to echo the earlier reviewers' <laughs> <laughs> concerns with <laughs> control well, science,
1: yeah. It's science.
4: So, skeleton. you
0: see how fun trolling? Yeah, can be. true.
4: <laughs> it's a really slippery slope. <laughs> it's, you're right. It really is.
0: Oh my goodness, how incredibly lame. It seemed like each page I turned got lamer. He falls off a mountain that he drew, and since he didn't finish drawing, there's no other side of the mountain, so he's falling in thin air. So good thing for him, he still had his stupid purple crayon. Oh. Roll
4: That's the... Harold. Uh... Oh, Harold. Uh-huh. Pur- okay. And the crayon.
0: Harold and the purple crayon. Oh, got crayon. it. I was yeah. like, like,
4: Matthew and the purple crayon? Who, who drew... Who? Who is
3: here is a purple <laughs> Who wrote oh, that?
0: Crockett Johnson. Yeah.
2: Hmm. hmm.
4: I would never have been able to pull that one out. All right. One, one
0: more. I okay. Are... Apparently, Scholastics did not read this before they put it on their book list for young children. If they did read it and endorsed it anyway, we have a problem. The heroine here is a small child, seemingly gifted, who is verbally, mentally, and emotionally abused by her parents. She goes to a school where the headmistress oh. openly states she hates small children and physically abuses them with impunity. <laughs> what the H? <laughs> That's what they wow. Wrote. wow. That's what they wrote. What yeah. the H? Yep.
3: Matilda.
1: Matilda. Yeah right royal rolled doll rolled,
3: rolled doll, rolled, rolled,
1: doll, I'll say his books are dark. child oh, abuse actually. was a
4: running theme in a yeah, lot of his which books yeah. Well, yeah. You know.
1: yeah. <laughs> it was a running
0: theme in a lot of people's lives, that's, that's true, true. Yeah. that's true at that time,
4: multifaceted I feel that way man. about like Lewis Carroll, like oh, you're, you're yeah. like yeah. just a very interesting life and some questionable parts of it, but mm-hmm. he's an interesting dude. Just, yeah, you're like, okay, yeah. I see why you maybe felt the need to channel so, this into R- stories. well
1: R- also wrote like short stories like, like not for kids. Like oh, yes. Adult. And those are... You Dark. know what the H? Yeah, are What the, the, H. Yeah. the H? Yeah, yeah, real H. I
0: read them when I was a kid because I was like, I love rolled Doll, and I was like, <laughs> it, I was like, it's oh, terrifying. There's no chocolate factory in here. That's yeah. a different kind of factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's scary. Also, also for the record, and I just double checked this on the on the internet, um, and I because I just read this and I was like, oh no, I've been saying it wrong. It's, it's actually pronounced rule. rule, Rule, Rule Doll. Yeah, the D is silent rule is he
1: welsh Ruel. yeah he is I, yeah because mm-hmm. yeah he has a oh. plaza in cardiff yeah i've been
0: there in- i was like oh they were having a festival for yeah. him yep i that's- didn't talk to anybody that's why i didn't know how to
1: pronounce his name yeah yeah Yeah, right, yeah exactly yeah it's just <laughs> it's where the torchwood offices right? it's hard to figure that's out right. all right let's take a quick break a word from our sponsor
0: Who's got something to plug? I do. So the last few weeks, I've been tweeting a weird word every day. You can follow me at words are so weird. October is creepy word month. So all the words are creepy or spooky or about being scared or give us a taste. So one of my favorite words so far this month is cacaoethes, which means um, <laughs> the irresistible urge to do something inadvisable. Like the little voice in your mind. Cacaoethes. Oh, that. It's C-A-C-O-E T-H-E S. Oh. It rolls off the tongue It's so <laughs> So along with the words I put a, I make a little picture that goes with it Those using. are awesome, <laughs> super funny Very silly, kind of dry and dorky anyway, And educational We
1: learn and laugh and love So that's, at words are so weird <laughs> Follow it and we're back. You're listening to Good Job Brain, and this week we're talking about books.
4: We are. And I'm, we're going to go bookception here. I'm going to read to you guys from a book in a book about books. We are surrounded by the Good Job Brain Library. Uh, one of the books I pulled down off of my shelf is a book called The Book on the Bookshelf by Henry Petrosky. It's so and meta. It is a very uh, nerdy, designy, kind of broad history book. Very broadly, it's about. Bookshelves and the history of books and book storage. That's huh. sort of its very high level. There's that
1: much to write about book storage. Yeah. Karen,
4: you should know you can nerd out about anything. That's true. Yeah. You That's can true. nerd out about anything. And, you know, the history of, of bookshelves, it's one of those things like where we take a lot for granted. And as I read this book, I realized how much we take for granted. Um, just a lot of the simple things that seem hmm. obvious to us now about how we would store and keep books uh, were totally not always that way. So I'll, I'll show you a little. Uh, a little anecdote here from the book that uh, Henry Petroski relates because I think this this story kind of touches on a few of like the major turning points in how we Whoa, deal with the books. Okay. Um, so in 1444, Oxford University, may have heard of it, uh, they <laughs> appointed the Duke of Gloucester to help build their new library, all right? So I mean, you know, even though this is 1444, they are still a, a, an institution of some regard already. and um, in particular, the problem they were ho- hoping to solve in their new library was overcrowding okay mm-hmm. and the overcrowding was different from what you might think of when you first hear about library overcrowding i'll read you a quote here uh, in particular they were concerned quote should any student be poring over a single volume as often happens he keeps three or four others away on account of the books being chained so closely together oh they're chained together chained why were they chained why is this a concern so what 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 they're talking about this problem is in an old style library up into as late as the 14 1500s even you would have a fairly small collection books books were rare oh. books were you know they were yeah. the dominion of universities and monasteries largely in the west and they were valuable and you might only have a single copy of any given book you right. probably mm. would only have a single copy of almost all of your volumes and you wanted to Literally, keep someone from borrowing it and forgetting to bring it back. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, in the most extreme uh, case, walking away with it. When he talks about overcrowding and putting away three or four other students, this was because the way you would go study at a book at that time, you would go over to where it's chained to a row on sort <laughs> of like a half kind of table. It's like a book prison. You would yeah. plop it open, you would move any other books out of the way, and you would sit and do your work there because it wasn't something you could just take back to your dorm room. And because they're so tiny, that means that there's no room to the left or the right of you to work. Uh, The other problem was these books were largely stored horizontally, as was the custom. Most books in any library of any size at the time, they were flat. They were Uh stored flat up. And so one of the Duke of Gloucester's main, like a big innovation when helping build this library was introducing a simple couple rows of wood planks as bookshelves. Mm -hmm. Basically, here's a space for students to put the book on top. While they're, while they're using another book so someone else can use it. <laughs>
2: wow. This was yeah.
4: radical. This was like uh, a radical new way of approaching books. And yeah. remember, like, a lot of the books at the time, you know, there's no writing on the spine, necessarily. You need to look at the face of the book oh to see what God. you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so one of the points that Henry Petrosky makes in the book that's really interesting is that the issue of book storage only becomes a problem when you have too many books, right? You know, that, like, if you're in a case where the, the grandest library in your region might have 12 books. They're not worried about how to store them. So it was only when you started getting someplace like Oxford, you know, or Cambridge or something like that, where they needed a way... They were getting so many books and so many people wanting to use them. Now we had to think for the first time, wait, how do we store them when they're not being used? This wasn't an issue before. They eventually came up with all sorts of elaborate ways to have, like, longer chains attached to the books.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they're still on chains. They were
4: still stuck with chaining, because you may only have one copy of something. It, It goes on here, he says, you know, it may never be known how... How and when it occurred to a librarian to arrange the books vertically on the shelf. You know, that's kind of lost to the ages. So this obviously frees up more space for books. It makes it easier to get one without disturbing another copy of the other book. But when they first started putting books on the shelves, it wasn't the way we have them now. It was spine Inward. Oh
1: my god. Yes. So
4: they finally got okay, let's get them vertical. This makes a little more sense. Okay. Baby but sex. you just see the bare edges of the book pointing out at you. And again, this was because it wasn't necessarily a common thing to have the name yes. on the spine. And that was where the chain was attached. They would attach the chain on the spine, so the chain would go off the back side of the bookshelf. Uh, okay. okay. This is just to show you all the things that like we take for granted now. Mm-hmm. So that's just one small flavor of what this book is about. If you're a book lover or a bookshelf lover, didn't mean to turn this into a book no. review, but that's that's just sort of how he approaches telling the tale of where we got to, the things that we take for granted.
1: I want to go back and tell them, hey, we have an all e-book digital library. Like, what, what would they think? they burn you at the stake. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> they're like, I don't know what yeah, you that mean. Those evil. words don't mean anything. Yeah. 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 Like,
4: oh, so you're a witch. Yeah. yeah okay. Got it. Uh, oh, we sure.
3: understand. Yeah. Sure. Sure.
1: All right, and we have one last bookish goodness, Chris. You got a quiz for us.
3: <laughs> so uh, earlier this month, uh, J.K. Rowling, author of several books, she tweeted. She tweeted something. Oh, yeah. And this is the tweet. This is the tweet that she tweeted. Her yeah. tweet was, <clears throat> "Cry foe, run amuck, fa awry. My wand won't tolerate this nonsense." This is a tweet from right. J.K. Rowling. Uh-huh. Now, anything with the sentence "fa awry" <laughs> that's F A. Space A-W-R-Y is probably (laughs) an anagram.
0: Somebody working real hard to make the anagram Real hard
3: to
2: shove that
3: anagram in there. Yeah, or something. Something's up. Yeah. And in fact, she had even said previously to this like in a reply to someone oh i should post an anagram about what i'm doing so so yes it was an anagram and she was very clear that like oh this has some relation to something that i'm working on so harry potter fans immediately set to working it out one of the guesses that got a lot of traction was harry returns won't say any details now a week off no comment (laughs) that's not bad that's not bad well here look here's the problem the thing with really long anagrams... It can yeah. be so many things. You, you can make them say whatever <laughs> yeah. you want. For example, um, the sentence, I can exclusively reveal, that sentence also anagrams to... <clears throat> My own secret author fame news. Drink only a soy non-fat water.
2: <laughs>
3: so obviously it's about healthy beverage <laughs> yeah, selection right, right. at yeah, Starbucks. That makes just
4: as much sense. <laughs>
3: right, exactly. So the actual... Now she had to get... I mean, she had to get clue after clue after clue. And eventually they figured out that it was... The sentence was, Newt Scamander only meant to stay in New York for a few hours. This was the first line, I believe, of her synopsis of the upcoming Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them uh, film or films because they're going to... The Warner Brothers said they're going to do a trilogy. Oh, of course, because <laughs> everything has to be a trilogy. Yeah, yeah. It might if make more money. And if it's I'm already sure. a trilogy, yeah. it has to be four. It's going to yeah. get a four. They're <laughs> going to they'll take yeah. the last one and they'll split it up split into the two new <laughs> unsatisfying movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then this, uh, I now I created that anagram about. Um, Drinking only soy non-fat water uh, with, with help from, of course, wordsmith.org. Yep, anagram. Where the internet yep. anagram server is located. Helps you anagram I things. am Arrangement Servant. I Rearrangement Servant. Service, yes, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> Servant. And so they actually also have a page uh, on wordsmith.org that has some trivia about anagrams that have been Ooh. used in literature. Oh. Oh. So here is a little, little quiz, a little mini quiz about um, anagrams that have been used in works of literature. Fun! All right. Okay. This author created the character Vivian Darkbloom as an alter ego of himself.
2: Oh. Vivian. Of himself? Vivian
3: Darkbloom. Darkbloom. Yeah. His initials were VN. Uh-oh. Dana. Victor oh. Nabokov? No. Oh, uh, it- Vladimir. 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 Vladimir Nabokov. Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Vivian Darkbloom shows up mm. in Lolita, oh. and that is a, a stand in for the author. It's a, oh. it's a good anagram, right? Yeah, yeah that is good. In the early goings of the book The Da Vinci Code, um, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Langdon, protagonist Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks <laughs> <laughs> symbologist. encounters symbol yes okay. symbologist uh-huh. Robert oh, is that Langdon. his title? Yes. yes. <laughs> Harvard Symbologist. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh encounters uh, the phrases O oh, Draconian devil, O oh, lame saint. And uh-huh. these turn out to be the beginning of his journey, these anagram to something. Oh draconian devil! Oh lame saint! What oh, was he being? Draconian what was he being devil. clued towards? He oh, was location. in. He was in the Louvre in in oh. Paris at this point. It was cluing him towards something. something. Da Vinci. Oh draconian devil! Oh lame saint! It was the first. Right, okay, so it was pointing Le- the first Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo da Vinci, the Mona Lisa. Lisa. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then of course he goes to the Mona Lisa and finds that someone is painted on it. So dark the con of man. <laughs> <laughs> This leads him to Madonna on the Rocks.
1: Oh, okay. They're just simple
3: anagrams. Well, yeah.
1: You think. I don't know. They're so, you you're to supposed to be able to figure them out. You've got to be a Harvard have be a Harvard I just have, have my, my so. laptop and
3: the <laughs> anagram. Yeah. yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> In the French edition of a certain book, this character's name had to be changed to Tom Elvis Jedusor.
1: Karen. Oh. Tom Riddle? Tom Riddle. Yes. 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 So, Mar- Mar-V- Marvolo.
4: Right. Yeah. So,
3: of course, yeah. Tom Marvolo Riddle anagrams to I am Lord Voldemort. That's how he got his name in the, in the text. Mm-hmm. And, of course, because of this, because of the I am Lord Voldemort. Just, Je suis Voldemort. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Tom Elvis Jedusor. just Je Je- suis Voldemort. Now, of course, in... in other in every different language that, that Harry there's, Harry a Harry different there's a different name I like that there's a different because I have to keep the connection to, it has to now sometimes they're, they're able to sometimes they are able to 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 get to get really close to Tom Marvel over it. it'll just change a couple of things or in dutch his name is Martin Asmadam Villagen. Um, which is an anagram of Minam Is Voldemort. <laughs> uh,
1: so they, so I mean, they had to call him something totally different. Tom Riddle yeah, oh, yeah. from the second book.
3: From the second book, it they was had to Tom have Marlo a new name. Riddle. <gasps> yeah, oh yeah. So beginning from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, anyway. they have to start figuring out how they can do it. Yep. Wow. And to get to Voldemort, which they tend to keep. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. This popular uh, humorist sometimes goes by the pseudonym Ray Adverb. Oh.
1: Dave Sedaris?
3: No. Oh, uh, uh, Ray uh,
1: Dave
4: Adver- Barry. Dave Barry. Dave Barry. Barry. Uh, Dave Barry. Uh, Ray, Ray Adver- adverb. adverb. That's right. Ray <laughs> Adverb. <laughs>
3: Here's here's one that is actually a piece of trivia. This is not in the book. This is only in the movie version of Silence of the Lambs. Okay. This did not appear in the okay. in the book. That's right. um, Chris, at one point, I know, right? Yeah, Chris. yep. Very highly. Hannibal Lecter um, initially tells Clary Starling that the killer that she is looking for uh, that his name is Louis Friend. And then this is revealed. She figures out that it is an anagram for something. And she tells them that it is in reference to fool's gold or a false oh. solution. Mm. What did Lewis Friend anagram into? Oh L-U-L-O-U-I-S-F-R-I-E-N-D. It anagrams into a... a the, the official name for Fool's Gold. Oh. oh. So you're oh. looking for what is Fool's Gold, actually. Orite
1: or... Uh, uh. or, or uh, Pyrite? Pi- yeah. It's like an element, right? Well, no, not it, element. I mean, anagrams
3: right. it, yeah, yeah, it anagrams into it. Yeah, it anagrams into it. Right. Yeah. right. Uh, Lewis Friend. Are you looking it up on the internet? No, I'm... <laughs> oh, you're typing it out to yeah, look at to it? Yeah, just to
1: look at the letters. Yeah, Pyrite
3: is the name of the mineral itself but the, the actual like the chemical name oh
1: I got it but chemical I name saw for the it. answer well
3: yeah because you looked it up on the internet <laughs> 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 um, that's okay it is, is it? it's a uh, chemical fool's makeup fool's gold Karen, you want to tell us
1: iron sulfide Uh, iron Iron sulfide
3: is fool's gold and yeah lewis friend uh and finally having absolutely no connection to books whatsoever uh, maybe she reads books um (laughs) uh uh, the uh, musical artist imogen heap released an album with Uh, this uh anagrammed title Colin, that was I megaphone. I yeah. megaphone. Yep, an anagram for Imogen Heap. Oh, yeah. of herself. Cool. There we go.
1: Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, and that is our episode about books. Thank you, you guys, for joining me, and thank you, guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot of stuff about bookshelves, about anagrams, about children. <laughs> parents being sassy at children's books and more. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud and also on our website, goodjobbrain.com and thanks to our sponsor Squarespace and we'll see you guys next week. Bye!